Podcast Answer Man, episode number 356. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, this is Chuck Brown from the Hide Your Word podcast. H.L. Mencken once said, Those who can, do. Those who can't, teach. It sounds profound. But the man clearly never met Cliff Ravenscraft, the man who has taught tens of thousands, including yours truly, most of what they know about podcasting. And he just happens to have found the time to churn out a few thousand podcast episodes of his own. Cliff Ravenscraft, he is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, it doesn't matter if you're brand new to this online content creating world we live in or if you've been doing this for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. Well, my friends, I am excited to be back here on another live show Thursday. Very delighted to have a wonderful crowd of people in the chat room as I am broadcasting live. In fact, for those of you who are relatively new to Podcast Answer Man, I will tell you that I create this content for you. And by you, what I mean is for those of you who are listening to this later and don't have the opportunity or the, the uh, privilege of being able to have a free schedule that allows you to join me at the exact day and the exact time that I create this podcast episode. So I create this content for those who will listen later. As a matter of fact, it's one of the benefits of podcasting that is one of my favorite benefits, and that is the fact that you can listen to it where you want, when you want, and it's on your schedule. I, I love the fact that it's pre-recorded. In fact, um, I do enjoy doing the live show and I do enjoy the interaction with those who are in the chat room, especially those who are here today. And I chat with them before I hit the record button. I will chat with them uh, after I'm done producing the show. But during the recording of the show, I was explaining to the folks in the chat room, I focus on you guys. Uh, I focus on you. I don't look at the chat room a whole lot. Unless maybe I, I might need some help with something. I might ask a question and see if somebody you know catches my question and is able to help me along. It's kind of nice to have some fact checkers out there and stuff like that. But it's all about you guys uh, re- recording this content with you in mind. So kind of keep that in mind. But with all of that being said, if you happen to be available any Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern time, you can come to podcastanswerman.com slash live. And watch as I produce this show. If you should have any inkling or desire to do that, you may. One of my favorite things about doing what I do on Thursday is it gives you a behind-the-scenes look into how I produce the show. All right, moving along, let's talk about the responses to the fact that last week I opened up my show without Podcast Answer Man so-and-so, and I did not actually open the show with any endorsement, any music. I didn't use any sound effect whatsoever. And in fact, I'm just going to 
for those who haven't listened to it, I'm just going to give, I, I mean, I'm just going to play the first, let's just say 60, no, the first 90 seconds of last week's episode. And what I want you to hear is just how immediately I jump right into things and, and that it's not really a distraction. It's not any less professional. It is really just, I think, attention grabbing. So here it is. This is last week's episode, the first 90 seconds of it. Hey everybody, Cliff Ravenscraft here, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast Answer Man. This is episode number 355, and if you're new to the show, my friends, this is the show that is devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. It doesn't matter if you've been in this online content creating world for many years, or if you've uh, just recently joined the world, the ranks of the online content creator, there's something we can do to take everything we do in life to the next level. And that's what this podcast is all about. Now, some of you are thinking, what in the world has happened? You know, where is the music? Where's the intro? Where's the jingles? And I want to tell you, it's totally 100% intentional that there is going to be no audio clips played anywhere in this podcast episode. And why am I doing that? I'm doing it just to show you that it's possible. I'm actually teaching, a, I'm, I'm wrapping up the final week of my current session of podcasting A to Z, and there are several students in there who on literally the last two days of the course are still struggling to find the right music for their podcast, and a couple students have said, you know what, forget it, I, I, I don't have, I know you want to listen to a sample episode of my new podcast that I'm going to be putting online, um, I haven't settled on the music yet, but here's what I've got. And I listen to it and I'm thinking, this, why, don't feel like you have to have, there you go. That's it. I I told you I'd play 90 seconds. That's the first 90 seconds. And you can see I was already right in, knee deep into the content of of the episode within 90 seconds. And so I I really enjoyed it. I was tempted to say, you know what, let me do that again this week. And I may do that from time to time just for the fun of it. You know, I, I, I like my music. I love professional audio branding. I think that it can set you apart and, and make it sound, you know, even, you know, taking your sound to the next level. But I, I just want to say, don't ever let your audio branding, don't ever let your music, don't ever let your stuff become a crutch or something. Certainly don't let the lack of great audio quality branding. Don't let that keep you from creating the content that's in your heart. So that that was the message. Now, what was the response to it? Everyone who wrote to me and mentioned the audio, the lack of audio clips, said they loved it. Last week's episode res- probably received the most. I would say it's in the top ten of all episodes I've published as far as the number of uh, f- uh, amounts of feedback that I've received from individuals. You know, we're talking blog comments on the show notes. I'm talking about private emails that were sent to me as a result of it. Uh, there were Twitter messages, there were Facebook messages, Facebook comments, LinkedIn comments. There were, I mean, it gener- last week's episode generated tons of feedback. And anyone who ever mentioned the audio, they all mentioned, I love the fact that you did it without audio. I was, ri- and there was somebody said, I was riveted to it from the minute I hit play. And I, I love that. So, in fact, um, the, there was not a single person that said, wow, I hope you don't do that again. Not a single person. And, in fact, the, there, I can tell you right now, uh, all but one person 
out of all the feedback, and I would say I'm not exaggerating to say that I had over 300 pieces of feedback, over 300 different individuals who provided me feedback from last week. Not one person had anything negative to say about the uh, the lack of audio clips. And in fact, a majority of them didn't even mention it. Because guess what? It's not the most important thing. The most important thing is your message. The next thing that I want to talk to you about is the response to the fact that last week's episode was one hour and 52 minutes in length. It was, let's put it this way. It was just eight minutes shy of two hours. I do not like going that long. I don't like ever going over one hour, although it seems that there have been a number of times that I'm one hour, five minutes, one hour, eight minutes, one hour, 13 minutes. But man, those are few and far between. You got to realize this is episode, last week's episode was episode 355. And so I was wondering, I was wondering, is anybody still listening after two hours, but here's what my assumption was. My assumption, from just based, and, and my assumption is not just guessing. This is based upon all of my years of experience. My assumption is that 70% of my audience that always listen, the, I'm talking about the people who listen to every single episode, 70% or more would listen to the very first second all the way to the very last second, the entire, let's just call it two hours, the entire two hours without stopping. 70% of my audience, I guarantee you, listened to the the full episode without pausing anywhere in between and absolutely loved it. And I would say somewhere up to 30% either broke it into multiple listening and and of those, probably very few, maybe about 5%. And these are people who listened every single week. Um, you know, have listened to, let's just say, two or three or more Podcast Answer Man episodes back to back or in a row or cons- consistent, consecutively. Anyway, you get the idea. Of those people, I, I would say that only 5% would probably have bailed on it. That that was going That was my guess going into it. Now... Here is the actual reaction. Like I said, I'm not exaggerating when I say over 300 unique individual listeners to Podcast Answer Man provided feedback to this show. In fact, you can see, I think, probably about 20 or so of those people left comments on the blog post, which, by the way, folks, I really love um, blog comments on the show notes, even above email, because in an email... I get the, you know, you and I both get the benefit of the conversation, but in the comment section, other people get the benefit of the conversation as well. Just, you know, I'm not saying don't email me, but if you, if you're in front of a computer and you have your choice and it's like, I wonder which way Cliff would prefer this communication happen, um, on the show notes is the best place, unless you're going to be really mean and nasty to me, you can send that privately and then I can ignore you. Um, (laughs) just kidding somewhat. Uh, but anyway, Seriously, though, what so out of all of these emails, all the blog comments, all of the comments on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, what did people say? What did people say to the fact that this thing was two hours long? Well, I did get one person, only one person who wrote and said this. He wrote and he says, Cliff, I bailed on this episode of Podcast Answer Man with about a half hour to go. I didn't really care for your tone in this one. 
a bit too much smug superiority for my taste. In small doses, that's fine when accompanied by solid information, which you always bring. But I would disagree that you couldn't have accomplished what you needed to say in this episode uh, in way, way less time. It came off to me as a lot of hanger. Let's see, herringer, herringing. Anyway, I, I looked up this word before. Anyway, and he says, I had to finally stop listening. And I actually looked up harangue. It's actually haranguing. Okay. He says it was a lot of haranguing. Anyway, I, I had to look up haranguing. Uh, I, admittedly, I had no idea what haranguing meant. And he says uh, the definition is lecture someone at length in an aggressive and critical manner. So while I disagree with and by the way the the same person who wrote that i believe it's the same person who opened up with the endorsement for this episode uh, i think it, it, it both of them are chuck brown and i assume it's the same chuck brown but anyway um and that's fine i i knew some people would not like last week's episode but i disagree chuck though and, and i shared this in my response to his blog comment i disagree that it was that i um that i was speaking with smug superiority uh, I, that that I think is just over the line. Now, was I lecturing at length in an aggressive and critical manner? Yes, I was. What haranguing? I was haranguing in last week's episode. Absolutely, and that was my intention. Intention, uh, intention, like that. That was my intention. My intention was har- to harangue in last week's episode. I wanted to lecture Spencer at length, in an aggressive and critical manner. Now, not in a negative critical manner, but in a critical as in I want to critique what he is saying. I, I wanted I wanted to line by line go through and give my response. And you're absolutely right. I could have accomplished the essence of what I wanted to say in a way, way, way less amount of time. However, and I shared this, I was like, I'll amend this. I, I wouldn't have wanted to. I wanted to go as long as I did, and that's why I chose to, even knowing that it might not be appealing to some people, and I assumed that it wouldn't, and Chuck, thank you for providing your very authentic and real feedback. I really appreciate it, and I certainly can understand how my tone could be interpreted as smug superiority, although it certainly was not in my heart that I'm in any way superior to uh, to Spencer, but my understanding of the issues for which Spencer was writing about was what I, I believe that I was right and had some things to share. So, yeah, it, it's tough. But anyway, so what are some of the other reactions? Oh, f- uh, let me just share just uh, the first six, I think, that I found on on Twitter Crystal, a.k.a. Fine Art Mom, says at GSPN, I listened to the whole, and she put that in capital, whole latest episode, loved it, exclamation mark, thoughtful reply to at Niche Pursuits, great insight into podcast motivation and purpose. All right, Jeff Stevens says, a long at GSPN podcast answer man episode is the perfect match for a couple hours doing yard work. Thanks, Cliff, exclamation mark. Caleb Suko says, at GSPN, just listened to episode 355 yesterday, my day off. It was awesome, even without the music. Dana Ryan says, loved episode 355 at GSPN, and two exclamation marks. As a podcast fangirl, your overall message rocked. 
hashtag inspired, hashtag proud podcaster. And Crystal, I see that you're listening in in the live chat room. That's awesome. Uh, Jeremy C. says, um, and it included a bunch of people, but he says, one of the best episodes ever. I love how Cliff did not tear Spencer down, but rather educated him. Uh, So thank you, Jeremy. And Joshua C. Liston says, Podcast Answer Man, episode number 355 at GSPN. By far the most powerful Podcast Answer Man episode, mate. In my humble opinion, smiley face. So, um, and, and by the way, the only person, there's only one person that wrote and said they did not listen to the whole thing. Everyone else, everyone else said that they simply either could not stop listening or they actually uh, did have to stop, but they they came back to it and listened to it word for word and loved it from the beginning to the end. And in fact, really, honestly, I want to know, there's one person that I create, I mean, I okay, I created Podcast Answer Man episode 355 for a lot of people. I created it for you who are listening. I certainly created it for anyone who had read Spencer's blog post. And I know that several of you had read Spencer's blog post. In fact, you guys are the ones who emailed me and said, hey, Cliff, I'd love to hear your response to this. But I want to tell you, the number one person I created episode 355 for, and I don't care if any of you listened to it at all, if Spencer listened to it last week and he was the only person to listen to it last week, I would have been okay with that. If every, if 99.9999% of you said, I just couldn't listen, but, but Spencer did, I would have been okay with that. I, for one episode out of 355 episodes, if you all dumped it except for Spencer, that's perfectly fine. Now, Spencer did leave a lengthy blog post, and I'll just re- read the beginning of it. He says, Cliff, it's, uh, it's me, Spencer. I'm the guy you just gave a free two-hour consulting uh, session to. I actually just want to give you a huge, and he put huge in all caps, thank you, sincerely. And I, and I know that many people who have listened to this podcast will thank you as well. I've never had an entire podcast episode de- devoted, uh, dedicated to responding to my blog post that I'm aware of. So you're, so that was pretty cool. I think this is a healthy discussion and I think, and I think I was chuckling and smiling from ear to ear as you ripped to shreds many of my arguments and you did it nicely. So, and then of course he says, however, I, I, I did make at least some, uh, he says, I think I made at least one main point. You can read, a, go to podcastanswerman.com slash 355. Again, podcastanswerman.com slash 355. And you can read his entire blog comment and my response to his blog comment. It is It is a little bit more of a dialogue there. And then today, Todd sent me an email and says, hey, I just got this from Spencer's mailing list. And this is what it says. It says, Todd, and of course, everybody who is subscribed to Spencer's mailing list got this. He wrote, "About this is from Spencer. About a week and a half ago, I wrote a very raw blog post about my own frustrations with podcasting. I was writing how I felt in the moment about my podcast, which, to put it blandly, was not good. However, I may have overstepped the bounds into letting my emotions give some poor reasons for not starting a podcast. You know, it's never easy to allow your opinions to evolve. 
But after seeing all the amazing comments of people who have found me through my podcast, doing some analysis on the solid numbers of my podcast, and listening to some words of wisdom from Cliff Ravenscraft, I've had a bit of a paradigm shift from my previous post. I just wrote a new blog post today that shares what I've learned about podcasting over the past week or so and how my opinion has evolved. I dive into some numbers and hope you will enjoy the analysis. See why maybe you should start a podcast, which by the way, the title of his new blog post, it's titled, Maybe You Should Start a Podcast After All. And he's got a link to it. He says, as a result, I've decided to continue on with my podcast, but with some changes that I discuss in the blog post today. Uh, I hope you will stop by and join the discussion. See you there, Spencer. Now, if you guys want to, you can go and read. I have not had a chance to read this blog post. I just saw this. I got back from lunch putting together today's podcast Answer Man episode and um, saw this blog post. And it's a lengthy one. So, it, uh, you know, again, I don't like to read blog posts. And matter of fact, several of you who commented on episode 355, you you kind of reinforce the idea that we podcast listeners, subscribers, or whatever, we'd prefer not to read your blog post. We'd love to hear you speak. And it's actually hearing you speak and getting to know you that would actually cause us to even consider reading your blog post either consistently or every now and then because of the fact that we've come to know, like, and trust you. But anyway, if you want to read his updated post, go to podcastanswerman.com slash updated post, all one word. Just go to podcastanswerman.com slash updated post post, all one word, and that will take you to Spencer's new blog post. I haven't read it myself. I look forward to getting a chance to read it either later today or sometime tomorrow and certainly by the end of this weekend. Alrighty. So yeah, there you go. That is the response. So Spencer, I'm I'm honored that you listened to the whole two hour episode and I am very thankful that um, you did not see my my episode last week as smug superiority, but as being extremely passionate about the topics for which you had posted about. And uh, I am very eager to read your blog post. And I thank you for the dialogue, the engagement, and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, and, and more than anything, I, I thank you for your humble response as well. It's, 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 quite, uh, it's quite a blessing to the entire podcast community. And I, and I look forward, and I will tell you this, I was right, and, and he had shared this in an email following up his blog post. He's like, yeah, Cliff, you're absolutely right. I did equate podcasting to interviewing, and uh, he plans to change that. So I love that. I'm looking forward to it. I am subscribed to Niche Pursuits Podcast, and I can't wait for his next podcast episode. All right, I just want to let you know, podcasting A to Z Let's see real quickly so I can tell you what session of Podcasting A to Z this will be. This will be my 17th session, 17th time I have produced this four-week training course, and it's had over, you know what, I have this exact number right here. I've actually had 360 people register for this course. I've never had anyone, anyone who was not completely satisfied from their experience, and I would love to work with you during the four weeks of June 2014. Anyway, all the details, a very great video that I put together uh, to explain um, how the A to Z course works, 
The page is set up to explain what's all included. And if nothing else, please do me a favor. Go to podcastinga-z.com and scroll to the very bottom and read the testimonials from folks there because this is a whole lot more than what you can possibly imagine as far as getting to interact with me during the course of a four-week period of time. Are you thinking of launching your own podcast and don't know where to start? You could have your own high-quality podcast online in just under four weeks, even if you have absolutely no technical knowledge about how podcasting works. Intrigued? 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 Since 2006, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man, has trained thousands of people on how to launch a successful podcast. Cliff has coached top-ranked podcasters such as Pat Flynn, Michael Hyatt, Michael Stelzner, Dan Miller, John Lee Dumas, and the list goes on. Podcasting A to Z is a four-week group training course that leads you step-by-step through the setup of your very own podcast. Not just the technical side, but also the mindset that goes into creating a successful show as well. One thing is At the end of four weeks, you will have experienced one of the best investments you can make in taking your message to the next level. To learn more details about the course, head to podcastinga2z.com. Podcastinga2z.com. All right, my friends, I am excited to bring to you in this episode of Podcast Answer Man an interview with my friend, Dane Sanders from FastTrackCreative.com. Now, Dane is an alumni of Podcasting A to Z, and he went through the January 2013 course, and I have been following his journey ever since he launched into the world of podcasting. He's taken it a little bit slow over the last year and a half, but has been very much involved in taking his show to the next level all the way through the process, and as you will hear in our conversation, he's got plans to take it to the next level uh, beyond where he is today. Now, one of the things that I, I do very often is I point people back to go and listen to Dane's very first podcast episode, and it's kind of a risk to do that because his show is one of the, he Dane's one of those students that I had that he knocked it out of the park with pr- like perfect production quality with episode one but as you'll hear he's had some experience prior to coming to the course and stuff like that but I'm just going to play for you real quickly just the first few seconds of his first episode he ever put online of his brand new of his converge uh, podcast check this out sometimes in life it's just not evident it's not obvious where do you go when the answer isn't clear where do you go when you need help when when photography and business, they're not in sync, they're not working, my creativity isn't coming together. And maybe it's beyond photography, maybe it's in writing or it's in producing or creating something uh, that you want someone else to appreciate. When you're making your art, where do you go when you're coming up against a problem that seems insurmountable? Where do you go when you need to have it all come together? Well, I'm Dane Sanders. And I want to welcome you to the very first episode of Converge. There you go, my friends. That's right. That is how Dane Sanders started off his very first podcast episode. And it is absolutely awesome. Dane, I'm so glad to have you here, my friend. And the first question I want to ask you is, please tell me, when did you first discover podcasting and how did you first discover podcasting? 
It's a great question. So I actually was into video podcasting back in the mid 2000s, like 2004 or five, something like that. And um, I had unintentionally created the first video podcast for photographers, at least as far as I know. Uh, it was called the Simple Photo Minute. It was never simple. It was never a minute. And um, it was kind of a haphazard, like me holding a camera above my head and talking into it kind of thing. And I uh, went to a trade show for photographers, um, my first one, and I got in an elevator on the way up in the elevator. I was confronted by this guy pre-smartphones and he he said, you know, you're the Simple Photo Minute guy. And I was like, what? And he, he held this this phone up and I, he showed a picture videos of me on his phone. And I was just blown away at the technology. I didn't know it existed. Then we went upstairs and he bought me a cold beverage and I was thrilled and two other people in the bar knew who I was. And I, I felt very anonymous and then all of a sudden very known and then very vulnerable and realized the power of the internet in that moment. That was the first time. But video is is such a, a weird, like in those early days, it was so easy to stand out. And pretty quickly, within a few years, I realized that the production value of video was so expensive and such a minimal return, especially as other bigger players started getting involved. I had increasingly thought about audio and audio in particular, I was, uh, I remember the first time I listened to your, Chris Brogan recommended that I check you out and I went over and listened to the statistics audio that you do where you talk specifically about, uh, I quote this all the time, uh, 96 million people commuting every day, an average of 26 minutes. And um, I thought of my own experience as a consumer where because of Bluetooth and my phone or my car and also when I do exercise or whatever, I love podcasts. I love This American Life. I love Radio Lab. I love On Being with Krista Tippett. I love all these great shows. And I thought um, maybe podcasting has come back around. Like maybe there's a new opportunity. And I feel like that's it was such a providential moment to run into what you had to offer because even though I'd started way back when, I felt pretty clueless. Like I felt, I mean, even starting today as we were getting our gear in in order, I I think I'm a geek, but really I'm a wanna geek. I, I don't. I kind of I, I I pay homage to friends like you who really know what you're doing technologically <laughs> and can plug stuff in really well. And um, I needed somebody who was a pro who could really help me get up to speed. And because audio was so much more accessible financially to pull off, to get a pro grade set up and to do it right. Um, I just thought, you know, now's the time to really go for it. And I needed to invest in a serious uh, coach and helper in, in, in you. And I'm really glad I did. Awesome. And so you were telling me before we uh, started recording, I know I knew you when I first met you, uh, you had, you had come from a career in photography so tell tell us what you told me before we hit the record button, just so people can kind of get your background there. Sure. So uh, what got me into content creation and digital media uh, initially was I, I was a photographer by trade and uh, I started, um, you know, just learned the craft and right as um, things were going from darkroom to digital and and I jumped into the fray right around then. My pre-background, though, before that was I was a teacher. I taught at a liberal arts school. Uh, my graduate works in philosophy, and I studied leadership, or, and I taught leadership and character development. And uh, then I had a student who came along who introduced me to photography, and um, that kind of ruined my academic life. I, I jumped into uh, making photographs and shooting con um, consumer events like weddings and portraits, like direct-to-consumer stuff, not commercial stuff. And then I found a whole industry that I didn't know existed and became a part of that industry, ended up 
because of my background teaching, I had a chance to represent some companies and develop some good rapport. And eventually I ended up writing um, a handful of books that uh, for folks in my industry around business and identity and vision, basically I was smuggling all my leadership stuff into the photo world yeah. and was packaging it up. And, and I found myself as a known quantity in my very small niche. That's great. Now, photography, I, I, I'd, I'd like to steer from podcasting for a minute. I'll bring it back. I promise those who are yeah, listening. Sure. But but this is of interest to me personally. And since I have you on here, my daughter's 14 years old. She is dying to get her hands on our Canon 60Ds. And nice. this, this summer, I'm, I'm going to hook her up with uh, the Ben Long tutorials over there on uh, lynda.com and, and get her started. She's thinking about, you know, hey, I, I'm once I get out of high school, I don't know that I want to go to college. I think I'd like to be a professional photographer. Is it a, an oversaturated industry? It, and if somebody was 14 years old and then, you know, within the next four years wanted to, to kind of slowly start their career in the space, what would you say to somebody like that? You know, that is the gazillion dollar question. And in the photo world, as in the book writing world, as in the music world, uh, there's every view on the spectrum on that. So I, I, I don't, I don't pretend to think I, I know the answer to it, but I, I do talk a lot about that, um, and have a chance to address it. Um, I'm a big believer in developing, uh, a multiplicity of skill sets. And uh, my sense is that th- without question, create creatives as on a whole have incredible viability as long as they're willing to diversify that skill set and come up with new and creative ways to iterate. Uh, if they do that, then they have a lot of opportunities, always great creatives. They're the people that we hold up and pay a lot of money to uh, in every creative field. And, and photography is no exception. The challenge though is because everyone is your competition. I mean, if anyone has a telephone, they have, they're a photographer now. Uh, and as technology gets cheaper and better, it's, it's real. If you're just going to do it the same way it's been done, uh, I don't think it is viable. But I think if, uh, at least not on a full-time, this is all you do kind of way. Um, but I do think that, except for the, maybe the elite few, um, but I think on the whole, uh, it is viable if you're willing to, to combine uh, mediums. So for example, I'm a big fan of writing and photography and now audio. And that might sound like an odd mix of things, but um, I just wrote a, a piece over at uh, medium.com uh, called The Elephant in the Room, which is <laughs> all about how photography is dead, long live the creative. And it was precisely about this dynamic of there is tremendous headroom for people, uh, but they they need to think beyond just, I'm going to take a picture and hope that a lot of people are going to line up and pay me. But I think the people that hustle and create amazing work, but then create value in other ways that the rest of the competition aren't willing to go and do, uh, I think they'll be rewarded. Yeah. I, and, and and it's interesting. I love I love your answer to that. And and one of the things that I was working with Megan about is telling her I said, you know, you can become you, the more you time you spend studying the art of photography, the more valuable you become because you will number one your your own craft will improve. You you'll create better images, will which will set you apart from your competition stuff like that. But also there'll come a part a, a time when you will be able to teach people what you've learned. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's probably where you're at is is you found that um, the ability to teach from your experience other people who are getting started in photography th- those are opportunities that are there as well is that what you're saying uh, that's part of it yeah I think teaching is another 
kind of way to do it. And I think, you know, one of the reasons why I'm such a fan of podcasting is because it's, it's such a, an amplified vehicle to do just that. And there's no question teaching sells. People want to learn, but even in teaching itself is a, is a saturated market. I mean, you mentioned Linda, which I love, uh, in, in the photo world, we have Creative Live and we have Kelby One and we have you know, so many different um, great platforms of education, not to mention all the independents that are out there doing cool things. Uh, and I spent a lot of time, I traveled for two years doing workshops for photographers all over the, uh, the US, Canada and beyond. And um, that was an exciting and, and profitable season. It's also an exhausting one. And I'm glad that the internet uh, exists because now you can scale some of that education. But I, I again, I, I just don't think that there's any silver bullet in the in the new economy. I think it's the silver bullet is is the creative themselves. It's what they're willing to take risks on with themselves. The you know technologies they're willing to embrace and do something new with them. Um, you know, again, I, I'm not just saying this because you're the podcast answer man, but it, it's it's really true that to say that. You know, audio as a medium is really one of the most visual mediums there is out there. As we're talking right now and we're telling these stories and mentioning different things, people are picturing things in their minds. And that's such a powerful uh, mechanism. Um, and I think as a consumer, it, it takes people to other places. It's like what music does. And um, anyways, so the idea of a photographer uh, leveraging something like podcasting, both for their end user consumers, but also for other colleagues they might teach and bring value for. You can create revenue streams in any one of those areas, or maybe all of them. And I think this the smart entrepreneur will do that. Yeah. So, so you could be you could be teaching people who are learning. You could be creating extremely valuable content for your colleagues, and you could also have your own works of art that you have available for purchase or whatever. And People who come to know, like, and trust you, they, they see your work, they're uh, inspired by your work, and purchase your work, and, and all these other things. So, uh, is, is, you did a blog post recently, is, is photography dead, or something like that? Is, is yeah, it? yeah, yeah, I did. Now, yeah, I, it's I, funny. I don't read I blog posts, so I didn't read it, but uh, did, you, did you happen to do a podcast episode on the title? It's a great, well, it's a great, what I did do and great question. And I'm glad I'd done it now because you didn't tell me you were going to ask me that question. Um, it, it actually wasn't a blog post. I wrote it on medium.com, but it was long. It was like, I saw you know, that I'm like 30, 3,500 words or something, which is like, takes you 20 minutes to read. And I wrote it to photographers and photographers don't read. So I'm like, what am I doing? This is such a dumb thing. So that, but some people do read and it really wasn't about photography. It was about, it was about any kind of creative expression, even if you're a plumber, like how are you creatively expressing that? And, um, but then I thought, what else could, how else could I make it easy for more people to appreciate what I took the time to write? And I thought, oh, I know, I'll read it <laughs> and I'll make a, you know, I'll put it on SoundCloud or wherever and uh, put it on my own space maybe, or, uh, but really just make it, and that's what I did is I put it on my blog. But the only reason I could do that quickly was because I have this like, WKRP in Cincinnati set up thanks to Cliff Ravenscraft and I could flick a switch and sound okay and I I can't believe how resourceful it is just to have this setup. It's kind of like when you talked about your family and your Canon 60D once you have that kind of a tool and you decide to pull it out it is so helpful like you can get so much more done than you're with uh, with an iPhone and yeah. um, most people don't appreciate that and that's fine it's actually good news because you have that tool and others don't but I think smart creatives are going to be looking to invest in the right kind of setup. Not everybody needs this kind of setup if they're not going to go for it. But those who do, they're smart to invest in those directions. And there's risk, of course, and you know, 
picking a course or getting the gear. But I'll just say from my own experience, and I've said this many times, um, this audio is just such a powerful and growing medium. Uh, it, it would just be, and, and so inexpensive compared to video. Um, and maybe maybe more powerful, less virable, but certainly more powerful. Um, it's, it, it's a no-brainer investment in my part. Absolutely. Uh, one more question about this thing. So, so this you said you put it up on SoundCloud. So it's not a it's not an actual episode of your podcast, though. No, it's not because it, it wasn't in the genre. So yeah, the that way. Makes sense. Uh, but what I did do is I, I mean I created it all on here uh, rather than uploading it to Libsyn. I just put it over on. Uh, actually, I tried a new thing called Spreaker, uh, which is kind of this hybrid thing of SoundCloud or whatever. But um, anyways, I, I I threw it up over there, but the. The player itself is on my blog, which is just blog.danesanders.com if anyone wants to listen. Excellent. Well, you, do you think you can remember to send me an email to that? And um, I will eventually get around to updating podcastanswerman.com slash 356, which is the show notes for this episode. And I'll, I'll even uh, embed that SoundCloud player in the show notes for today. Fantastic. Excellent. So um, thank you for going down that road with me. I, 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 I saw the blog post and I'm like, I just got to hear what he had to say. And I'm looking forward to it. So <laughs> well, you, we, we, just quick, quick side note on that. You were so kind. I, I did reach out to a few friends of mine like yourself who have significant audiences and made the request, hey, would you give this a listen? And if it's valuable to you, not if it's not, but if it's valuable to you, might you consider letting folks know about it? And I love that you wrote me back and said, yeah, I'm not going to read that. <laughs> There's just no way that's going to happen. And I, and actually, that was partly my inspiration uh, for creating the audio of it. I was like, well, what would Cliff? Oh, Cliff would listen to it. I would but listen I, to I, it. I, but, but I didn't have the guts to call you back and say, no, no, really, I made the audio version of it for you now, but I should have. But now, you should thank have. You. <laughs> I, I, you know, the, it's just the thing. It's like I, I believe in just complete, blunt honesty. It's like, eh, I'm not going to read that. <laughs> it's it's more than two paragraphs, and uh, if the paragraphs are too big, I won't even read it. But uh, no, I love it. All right, so we know when you discovered podcasting, why? What made you decide to do a podcast for yourself? I mean, you had already been doing some video stuff. Kind of, you said that you thought maybe it's coming around, but why? Why? What was the goal or the purpose of the podcast? What What did you want to accomplish with the podcast when you decided to go for it? Yeah, there's there's probably a couple reasons, uh, and let me g- explain a little bit of the format of the show. So um, initially, when I started, it, it, the, the podcast is called Converge: The Business of Creativity, and on the I had previous to this created maybe 180 or 200 interviews, video interviews over several years with influencers, mostly within the photo industry, but certainly beyond it. So other authors and friends that I know, and um, I I ended up thinking, gosh, this is a lot of great content here, but the audio is kind of spotty sometimes. The video looks, you know, not consistent uh, and and it could improve. Uh, and I just didn't know what to do with this, all these archives. And then again, I started thinking through the um, how, how Google works and how helpful it is to create, you know, words and sounds that are complementary. And anyways, getting my head around the whole thing, I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll create an um, a new show because I've already been doing all these interviews. I shouldn't do that. But this time I'm going to make the star of the show people who have questions. And I, my first iteration was simply that. Like I started, I reached out to my audience uh, who I'd, I'd been working with for a long time and said, where are your challenges around photography and the business of photography and creativity? But as I got into it, about three or four episodes, I realized that um, I wanted to have a, I still wanted to get the benefits 
of having these experts on the conversation, but I wanted to level the playing field so we anyone who was part of the show, whether they were asking questions, were stars of the show because they asked the questions and I highlighted them, or because I was bringing someone on that that had relevant something relevant to say, I wanted everyone to feel like they're all part of the same community and 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 not make this kind of big uh, deal out of uh, folks that were coming on the show, but make this the content the big deal. So um, my why behind all of this was I just wanted to make the best possible show I possibly could on, on very little money. And um, I, I wondered speculatively, like how far could I push this? So there was like a creative motivation. I wanted to make something cool. Uh, there was also a, uh, I was inspired by other vehicles out there. Like I mentioned earlier, I love this American life with our glass. Um, I love um, these uh, radio lab where they integrate sounds and, and do cool things. And honestly, a lot of the interview shows that I'd seen out there, I was, I, I thought they could have done a lot better job. I thought there was places they could go further. Like one of the, one of my favorite podcasts that I think is recently canceled was uh, here's the thing with Alec Baldwin and if you listen to a new version of my show, like a more recent episode, you'll totally hear his influence. Yeah. Um, and um, and that I I it's just paying homage to him and giving credit where credit's due. But at the same time, I'm realizing I'm iterating, and it's it's this creative act. It's it's looking at these people who inspire me, and then the other part of it is just pragmatically, I want to keep having conversations with people who inspire me. So whether it be my audience or whether it be the uh, the guests that I have the privilege to have on a show. Uh, every time I do that, I grow as a person, I grow as an entrepreneur, I grow as a creative. And in my mind, it's like a personal mastermind where I get to invite anyone I want uh, into a conversation. And if they'll accept it, we get to go as deep and as far as we want to go. And I, I can't believe the world we live in where that's even possible. So that was my primary motivation. And now I'm just glad that it's it's beginning to uh, get some traction and people are enjoying it. So you've been doing this for just over 18 months now. And how many episodes have you produced? So great question, because I know the statistic around if you don't get past 10, you're dead. And when I was heading towards 10 and it took me about a year to get to 10, I just felt like such a loser. Like I just thought there's no <laughs> way. And, but I had this kind of uh, burning in my gut to say, I am going to show Cliff. I'm going to get past 10. And I think I even emailed you when I hit 10 or something. Yes, and, you did. Uh, and anyway, so uh, 18 or we just published number 18 yesterday. We have about six more done and they're in post right now. And because I don't do mine live, um, there's a couple of things that in our in my workflow, it just makes more sense on how for me and how I do it. Um, but we're on on pace to going into 2015. We'll go to at least a weekly. And my hope is uh, I'm dreaming. I'm channeling my inner John Lee Dumas. I would like to go to five a week uh, sometime in the middle of 2015. Um, um and uh, but the way that I'm doing it is I'm not I'm not going to set up a scenario where I'm catching up to what I need to go do. I've been really methodical about how can I refine my systems on doing this really well. How can I maintain the quality? How can I maintain my life <laughs> and my commitments? And uh, I have I have a, a special schedule on how I'm going to be pre-recording these and doing them in post and uh, bringing on the right team members as as more um, traction has had and people are showing up and helping me pay my bills so I can justify doing it. And as that happens, more and more, uh, we'll just pick up steam. Why, why, why five a week? I mean, wh why the desire to do more than one a week? Well, I, I, th I don't think there's anything wrong with one a week. In fact, I think one a week is perfect. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm, I have some specific goals in mind around revenue generation. Because I mean, the truth is, if you're not, if this, I have four kids. 
I want my wife to still like me. And if I don't feed our kids, she might not. Um, it's critical that I, I find ways to continue to create these cool revenue streams. And um, in my mind, in my experience, when people are uh, expecting really good content on a regular basis, it's noteworthy. It's extraordinary. It's what, it's what uh, you know, when Seth Godin says, be remarkable or, you know, being the best in the world is highly underrated. I, I actually have ambitions to be the, <laughs> the best interview podcast in the world. And that sounds really ridiculous because there's so many fantastic podcasts out there. So I don't say those words out very long, but if I'm honest, I, I at least want to make the best I could ever make. And I got this vision in my head of how cool would it be if I could get to um, a, a regular workflow that didn't kill me where we could knock out fantastic content five days a week and that'll and and to not give myself this ridiculous deadline. Like if I give myself a year and a half to get there, I might not get there, but I promise I'm going to make my show better and better along the way and iterate in a way that will make it viable. So that's my goal. I don't know if I'll get there, but I I'm I'm heading in that direction right now. Well, and by the way, I, I, if you guys can hear uh, just a little bit, there is a the, the lawn folks are here <laughs> mowing my lawn right outside my <laughs> studio. And anyway, um and. Anyway, I, I'm not going to go down this road. I, Dane, you and I can have some conversation about the the multiple shows per week. But anyway, I do want to talk about when you first launched your podcast. Obviously, I've told folks that you're an alumni of Podcasting A to Z. This yeah. is not in any way to be a promotion for it, although I am currently you know, asking people to consider signing up for the June session. But so it, it's obvious that you made the investment of going through the four-week training course my question for you, though, is when you, know, you had already had some skills uh, from creating this video content, how hard was it for you to actually get your audio podcast up and running? Well, I, you know, you didn't give an award for this, but I think I might have been the most irritating student in your of all alumni who took the A to Z class. I mean, I think I bugged you more than anyone, and I think it speaks to my, uh, at least that's what I made up in my head, and I think that had more to do with my excitement and my enthusiasm. I mean, I was just gobbling. I couldn't believe the amount of content. I knew you were serious when I when I did the um, the pre one where you promised to teach people how to do it in twenty minutes, and then you give a two and a half hour. Uh, I don't know if this is still on your site or not, but the two and a half hour tutorial, and you walk people through all this. Con- I couldn't believe how much stuff you gave, and I, I really encourage people to to give that a, a try because they. It just opened up my mind to like, wow, there's a lot here. And I I thought I knew a lot going into it. But in truth, I didn't. Uh, in truth, uh, I knew a little bit about interviewing people. But I um, I leaned really heavily on, on consumer, like consumer level products that were already out there. So I used like Ustream and, you know, various vehicles like that. And I realized if I was really going to own this platform, I, it was it was critical that I get familiar and and see what my real options were so it um uh, how, the question was how hard was it um it it wasn't hard like i mean it, functionally you're very clear like take take this and plug it in there and get this and and you know and if you don't want to spend this much get get this version and you're very fair giving people a lot of reasonable options kind of a a small medium large option in every category and I was of the bias of I wanted the best option uh, that I could afford reasonably. I didn't get everything, but I got a lot of the stuff. And I'm so glad I did. I mean, my PR40 alone um, is just, it, whenever I'm interviewing somebody, 
uh, and I have my Skype set up correctly, <laughs> their response is, oh, you, you actually sound good, uh, like extraordinarily good. And, and I, I credit the mic. I don't credit me. Um, so it was very helpful and easy to do. But I also want to just point to the fact that it wasn't so easy that I could have gone out and figured this stuff out on my own in less than two years. Like it, it really expedited the process for me. And, and that speaks to the fact that it was, it was not just accessible, but comprehensive. And it, it truly is an A to Z. And that, in that regard, I, I, uh, I'm indebted. That's why I keep, I keep promoting you. And by the way, you mentioned earlier that um, you don't want to make this just a promotional. I hope you do make this a promotional. I mean, I'm actually on the show because I want to promote this thing. And I probably want to, you know, I, I get no credit for this. Uh, if you sign up, I'm not going to get a dollar. Uh, my point is, um, especially because it's audio, like if you went through a click-through affiliate, that would be really cool, but that's not happening right now. I really think... If you're listening to my voice and you want to get into podcasting, I don't, I don't know what other serious option you can take. There's plenty of like free tutorials like the one Cliff gives you, but in terms of like really digging in and and uh, owning your platform, I just don't know of a better a better uh, option out there. I appreciate that. You know, um, Dan, when you first got things set up, you spent a lot of time you know producing those episodes. Again, you still had some technical skills going into it that that certainly helped you. But one, once you got every all your equipment set up, on average, when you created one episode, how long would would that normally take you? Like when you first started out. Well, uh, it depends if I did it in a, a live version or if I did a, a recording. And I experimented with a lot of different ways of doing it. In fact, if anything, if it took me any length of time, it was because I was overthinking it. Um, I think your format that you suggest um, leveraging you know some of the little uh, widgety hacks that are out there uh, you make it pretty easy for people to to go for it um, so I would say on average if I was going to do a 30 minute show uh, if I didn't fumble too much I could probably do it in real time you know it's just you know if I just walk through the steps I could just turn it on and walk through every piece of it as long as I was set up in advance now the setting up in advance that's what the course is all about and you get set up to do it but then I, I eventually shifted to uh, this, this post-produced show where I would record the interview and then cut up the interview later uh, and add, add pieces. And I, I don't think you have to take that much time, but when I do it that way, it's the real time of the interview and then probably another mm, 40 minutes to an hour to cut it up uh, really precisely, um, but, but not very long at all. Most of it is just setting, setting yourself up so that your setup is right for recording and having it all you know, go to your Roland and, and upload to Libsyn. Those couple little pieces, um, getting your blog set up, having templates for those set setups. Once you do all of those things one time and get in the habit of using it, uh, it's it's pretty seamless. I don't I don't really even think about it anymore. Do you have any story from anyone who's reached out to you and said, "Hey, my life has been positively changed as a result of your podcast"? You know. It, um, I do get those kinds of uh, messages, and it's really humbling. Um, and I think it speaks to the power of audio content. Like I'm, I'm always amazed. Like my numbers aren't through the roof. They're not crazy by any stretch. I might get, say, especially in these early days with inconsistent publishing, um, I'm probably getting like 1,500 uh, downloads a show. And uh, I, I fully expect when I, as things kind of increase, that those numbers will increase with them. Um, but 
even with that, I'm just amazed at not only those kinds of messages in particular where people are saying, like, you gave me hope, I was on the edge, I wanted to quit, I didn't. Um, I've even actually had messages where people wrote and said, I actually did quit, and it was the best thing I could have done. Thank you for talking me into quitting. Um, but the, the idea of being an entrepreneur as a creative, it's not for the faint of heart, and we all need encouragement. And I just knew that I had a chance to do that, to give kind of a dose of reality, but also a dose of like, hey, you're not in this alone, we can do this together. And as we did that, I've just been thrilled to hear from folks who say, yeah, I, I just needed to hear that today. Thank you. Yeah. Well, there is one other thing that I want to get from you, and, and it is the fact that uh, when people listen to your content, uh, and, and I love the fact that you have your own style and you do these precise edits, edits and stuff like that, and you kind of view it as a storytelling opportunity and, and the way that you bring about story in your podcast... I asked you if you'd be willing to share your top three tips for telling good stories in a podcast. Absolutely. And, and I think, I think these ideas, I, can I, I actually have three, but since we've been talking, I have a bonus. Can I add the fourth? Or is that Absolutely. Okay? All right. So, um, uh, number one, I think when I, when I'm thinking about telling a story and I think this is true in any medium, if you're telling a story, uh, for example, as a photographer, if I'm making an album from a wedding, uh, you need to have flow. And that flow needs to have a, all that means is you need to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And to think through that flow in advance isn't like um, a rigid thing. It's more of a dynamic, fluid thing where you just know you have to have some kind of establishment of what you're doing. Uh, so, for example, in, the, in a visual way, you might picture like the opening of a book There, once, once upon a time, you see the, or you know, you're watching a sitcom on television and as the credits are rolling at the beginning of the show, they show you the, the panning of New York City. That's an establishing. It's the beginning of the conversation. And you need to have a good start that people are interested in. Um, you need to ask the question, why would someone care about what I'm creating? And I find that that beginning is critical, uh, really critical, maybe the most critical, that if the beginning of the story isn't compelling, uh, there's just too many channels that people can turn to, and they will. So I take that very seriously, and I'm still experimenting and tweaking with ways to do that better and better. Um, so then the beginning happens, and then you, if you make a big promise on the front end of what the show is going to be, the middle is, is also pretty critical. Like You need to take it all the way through and, and really deliver the goods of what you promised to give. And then that, that you need the, the ending. And hopefully if the ending is done right, you're setting the table for the next beginning where people will want to be a part. So um, I think flow is really critical as a first tip. The second tip I'd say is um, you need to have a big idea. And the more narrow that big idea is, the better. Think of it as like a moral of the story. And you can articulate that moral from multiple different angles, but you want to reinforce it throughout the entire flow of that story. Um, and I, th I think people understand what I'm saying intuitively, but as an example, um, if, if you have just... A, Make it your goal that if nobody gets anything else from the story I'm going to tell, there's one big idea. And I find that, especially in podcasting, if I can then take that one big idea and put it in the subtitle or the title of the post um, that it's showing up with on my blog, uh, it's it's part of my big promise uh, that they're going. If they experience the, this whole story, they're going to get this question answered or this kind of pivotal statement that is going to be the big idea they're going to carry with them and hopefully tell their friends about. And then the third tip after flow and having a big idea is being audience centric. And I alluded to this just a second ago. Um, if you are starting a story, you don't want to t 
talk about what you think is interesting, you want to ask yourself the question, what would be interesting to the people who are listening? And if I'm not audience-centric, if I'm not telling the story from their perspective uh, and what they would care about, then I, I really am missing the point. I'm really just talking to myself. And I don't want to do that. So telling a good story requires flow, beginning, middle, end. Uh, it requires having a big idea, something that you want that you want to talk about that's interesting. And ultimately, it has to be interesting for a particular person, and that's your audience. So like knowing your audience and 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 getting to know your audience is really critical. And then the bonus thing that I would add, maybe a fourth point on telling a good story, is simply um, knowing who the hero is. And this again relates to the audience question. Uh, the hero is not. Uh, you. In fact, I think, Cliff, you are such a great example of this. Uh, you have set up a, a world where, um, in my case, you made me the hero. Like when I signed up for your course and took the course and went through it, and and I, I look at you and I go, yeah, he mentored me. He, he held my hand, went through this process, and then and even though I kept trying to go back to the nest to get more help, he was like, no, no, you got this. Go ahead. You're good. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that now it's my job to go and do likewise with my audience. So I'm not the, it's, it's not a narcissistic exercise. It's really an exercise in how can I help other people? How can I serve other people? How can I make them the hero? And every great story makes the reader the hero. And um, the people who tell the story, they ought to be really good narrators. And if they do that well, they also become mentors and helpers. Wow, I love it. Tell folks the name of your podcast again and where they can find you online, Dane. Sure. Uh, the name of the podcast is called Converge. The Business of Creativity. It's about the concentric circles of making stuff and making money from that stuff. You can find it at FastTrackCreative.com, FastTrackCreative.com, or you can certainly search for Converge Podcast on iTunes or any of the other registries. Dane, thank you so much, my friend. It has been an honor to watch your journey, and I look forward to seeing where the next 18 months takes you, my friend. Thank you, Cliff. Well, my friends, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Podcast Answer Man. Thank you for tuning in to another week after my very long episode last week. I do have a little bit of a confession for you today, though. Um, The podcast that you just listened to was originally most of it, about 98% of it, maybe 99% of it, was recorded yesterday live in front of my live studio audience, or not studio audience, but internet audience, and... um, And it went about an hour and 15 minutes in length. And because I went so far over last week, I went in and did some re-editing today, cut out about 10 minutes worth of content at the front of the show to to bring it down a little for you. I also, in, in doing that, I completely cut out the fact that I was going to do an interview with Dane. I cut out a bunch of other things that I said I was going to talk about in the episode. And so... Um, some of you may have noticed that was kind of a cheesy intro into my interview with Dane uh, where I asked him the question so tell me when did you first find about a podcasting and when did you first hear about podcasting it's not how I would normally interview or introduce a guest into the show but um, I re-recorded that this morning and the you know from that point forward I, I let it flow and of course now I'm re-recording the end telling you what I've done but it's but if anything, I've given you ten minutes of your life back. So hopefully you'll 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 be excited about that gift. Hey, real quick, I want to say thank you to oh my goodness, seven different people who used my Bluehost affiliate link to sign up for their hosting account. I'm gonna read you the domain names. It is youngpoliticspodcast.com, agileanswerman.com. I, it cracks me up the number of people out there using Answerman. But anyway. 
modestpodcast.com, wewerepastors.com, gettingstartedpodcast.com, simpleaba.com, and derekbrot.com. That's Derek with a K-B-R-O-T-T. So thank you to all seven of you who used my affiliate link within the last seven days. And for those that don't know this, I get a very generous, and I do mean very generous commission when you use my affiliate link to set up your Bluehost hosting account. If you want all of my thoughts on hosting for websites and also hosting for your MP3 files for your podcast, you can read about that at podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. And uh, if you are new to podcasting and new to Podcast Answer Man, if you haven't heard about it yet, I have a free podcasting tutorial over at learnhowtopodcast.com. Absolutely free. Don't even require your email address to get it. Uh, and uh, so far, more than 60,000 people have seen that first video. And uh, tens of thousands of others have gone through the whole thing, many of whom have launched their podcast without ever having to hire me. Anyway, my next podcasting A to Z course is Monday, June 2nd is when it starts. I encourage you to go over to podcastingatoz.com and let's take everything we do in life to the next level. Helping you to get the thing you do to the next level. Podcast. It's a man.